nine minutes. My snooze button gives me nine minutes. Nine, nine minutes is not a snooze. 90 minutes. That's a snooze. Has, has anyone ever woken up from the nine minutes refreshed? I was exhausted nine minutes ago, but now, right as rain. <laughs> Thank you, Gary Goleman. Welcome to season three of the Snooze Button Express, where we take all the juicy goodness of the Snooze Button podcast and cram it into those nine minutes. My name's Neil Headley with Dr. Chris Winter, the author of a new book called The Rested Child, as we talk about whether or not bedtime needs to be something that's set in stone for kids. Yeah, I mean, I think bedtime is really important, and I think we're going to see that as we go from as, as the post pandemic phase begins with kids going back to school, um, you know, looking at my kids who are slightly older, it was a huge change during this time from let's get up and go swimming at five in the morning to you kind of log into your Zoom class at nine thirty, but you can turn the camera off and mute it and you can sit there in your bed and sleep a little bit longer weekends. I mean, there's no such thing as the weekday weekend. It's all just been kind of this blur over the last couple of years. Sure. So I think bedtimes are important, but I do think that we tend to over-focus on the bedtime and under-focus on the wake time. And so and what I mean by that is there are situations where we are putting a tremendous amount of pressure on a child. You know, okay, it is now seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, whatever your bedtime is, you need to get in bed. You need to get some sleep now. And if you don't, you're going to get sick. You're not going to swim well in your swim meet. Uh, you're going to do terribly on your math test because, you know, mommy saw something about the fact that if you get good sleep, you do better in school, which is all probably true. Um, but so now the kid is feeling this sort of pressure about bedtime. And then on the other end, we often are kind of loose about wait times, especially if kids are struggling. Well, my kid, I heard him up in his bedroom for two hours last night. So I just let him sleep an extra couple hours. and I'll just take him to school late because he has study all first period and gym second period. I'm not sure you're doing your kid any favors there. Sure. So I, I'm not against making things a little bit more lax during the summer. But I think as you start to move towards the school year, what you really want to do is start to move the wake up time closer to whatever time your child is going to have to be awake for school and then really try to take the pressure off the bedtime. And when my kids were little, I, I, I essentially told them, you can go to bed whenever you want to. Now, you need to be in your room at this certain time. I don't want you coming out unless you see somebody you don't recognize or smell smoke. So don't mess with your brother and sister. Don't mess with mommy and daddy. But in terms of if you want to read a book, you want to draw a picture, play with your dolls or your matchbox cars, look at some baseball cars, you do all that stuff. I, I don't really care as long as it doesn't involve a screen. <laughs> right. And you decide when you want to climb into your bed and turn the light out. We're, we're going to be hands off about it. What I don't tell my kids when I give that little conversation when they're little is I'm going to wake you up at the same time every day. I'm going to do it with a smile. There's nothing punitive or punishment feeling about it. Hey, it's eight o'clock. Time to get up. Oh, I didn't sleep really well. That's that's too bad. But it's no big deal. Sometimes that happens. Let's talk about it over breakfast. So that's where you want to put your emphasis, because once you do that, the bedtime will take care of itself. Um, that's that's usually not an issue, really, if, if you really structure things the right way. So bedtimes are important. But I always tell people that bedtime is not when you go to bed. It's kind of the earliest you're allowed to try. 
That, right. That's maybe a better definition of a bedtime. So if your if your daughter is like, oh, I'm so wound up about this thing, I can't sleep, then give her a good activity to do in bed. Oh, why don't you look over your spelling words? Or she's three, probably not doing that quite yet, but maybe. Um, why don't you look at this book? Why don't you draw mommy a picture about your favorite thing that happened today? So they feel like it's okay to not fall asleep at this arbitrary time every night. And by doing that, you will cost me a patient visit three decades from now from a young woman who came from Canada who said, you know, I've been a bad sleeper ever since I was three years old. Right. Yeah, because my parents gave me orthosomnia. That's right. Um, and, and the sad thing is the parents are doing it out of care for the child. Yeah. I don't want you to do poorly. I want you to get your rest. And these are all good things to have, but we just want to do it in a little bit of a way that doesn't put that kind of Olympic performance pressure on a kid. One of the other conversations is happening, and this is the last time I will invite you to dip your toe into, um, into uh, controversial water in this conversation, but it is something of a controversy for some reason in places. Three words, school start times. Yeah, and, and I devoted a, kind of a whole chapter to that. And uh, so one of the, I always hate saying this, and I don't know a better way to say it, so maybe one of your, your viewers can tweet me, but one of the non-negative things that have come out of COVID has been the idea that school start time, so the, the, to sum that up, basically the hypothesis is let kids go to school later, they will sleep longer, and you will align the average child's sleep more in, in keeping with their chronotype. or their, their, Most kids are, tend to be a little bit more night-oriented. So by letting them sleep in, they'll sleep longer, and you'll kind of synchronize them to their chronotype a little bit better. So that's the, that's the hypothesis. The counter-argument is, no, they won't. If you delay their wake-up time and delay the school start time, they'll just stay up later. And then there's a lot of sort of ancillary arguments. Well, what about school busing? What about sports after school? Mom and dad have to get to work when we used to go to work. Um, and now they've got to wait around because the bus isn't coming until some later time. And that's going to throw off childcare. So and I get all that. And, and there's some validity to those things. But the main point has always been let them sleep in. They'll just stay up later. So one of the interesting things about COVID is studies are coming out bigger population studies versus these, you know, small town in China studies, uh, which there are a couple um, that have basically said, no, no, no. When you delay start times, allow schools to start later as they have in this virtual world kids absolutely utilize that time to sleep and they have better psychological outcomes and they perform better on tests. So we've kind of accidentally done this big experiment that I think as time passes is going to end this counter argument of school start times being, it's unnecessary to do this. So you know, and when you look at your own kids, if you look at when the average kid your daughter's age or my kid's age academically peak, it's like three to four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And that's after my kid's school ends. So this idea that they'll just stay up later. I mean, I've seen it in my own kids. They don't stay up later. They actually utilize the time to get more sleep. Um, we've got the Olympics going on right now. My son, he's not even in school. He just went to bed. Um, and, 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 and he's definitely 
slept more and grew more. And this is my other little thought that I'll throw out there. Um, that when we look back in five years or so at this time, we're going to see that children had these unusual surges in their physical growth because of that extra sleep and because of the way that sleep relates to growth hormone and deep sleep. And and, and I, I think that there, there's pediatricians everywhere will look at those little growth charts and say, wow, growth tended to surge during this time because yeah kids were sleeping more dr chris winter the author of the rested child you can find links to that on our website at the along with the full 40 minute conversation we had with chris winter on the show next week we get together with a broadcasting legend for the second episode of season three for all the details go to our website the or follow us on the socials at get your snooze on Till next week, I'm Neil. Hey, get some sleep, would you?